Welcome to Finally Fearless, a podcast devoted to uncovering everything you never knew you needed to know when it comes down to your health and wellness. My name is Dr. Melissa Chofi, a physical therapist specializing in pelvic health. After working in traditional healthcare for four years, I grew disenchanted with the gimmicks and the garbage, scare tactics and scarcity mindset, and all the things that were being pushed on people to make them fear their bodies instead of actually using them to live the lives that they so deserve. This podcast will give you all the tools to demand a life worth living instead of sitting your best days out on the sidelines. We get really raw around here, so grab your headphones and let's jump right into today's episode. Today's episode has been spurring around in my brain for about four months now, and I didn't know how I was going to execute this topic and what I was going to talk about because it was just a thought that popped up one day and it never left my brain. And then Miss Rihanna performed at the Super Bowl this past Sunday, and the internet lost their ever-loving minds over it and over her and over her situation and over a lot of things. And as I was reading some of these comments about her, I was just like, oh my God, like how do people still think this way in 2023? And this is just freaking crazy. And whether she's a celebrity or not, she's a person. She's a human. And then people will kind of justify their nasty mean thoughts or whatever they write online because she's a celebrity and she's untouchable but some of the rhetoric that was being spewed on social media are things that I hear from my clients about themselves that have been said to them or that they think so it's real like it's not just this celebrity thing like this enigma that only occurs in the 1%, this actually happens in real life and people who think this way probably speak to quote real life people the same way. So I don't really even know, I will be honest with you, I don't know where this episode is going to (laughs) go, like what direction it's going to go in and I don't really have a solution other than to offer you a sense of solidarity in saying that if you feel like you Like you're like, I never feel like I'm enough. What gives? I never feel like this. This is kind of like a collective conversation where we're just bringing this into the forefront and hopefully it will help. I don't know. Like I don't want to say it's going to help you feel like you're enough as it is, but that's kind of what my hope is with this. I just don't know if it's going to be helpful at all or more of like a bitch fest. But we're going to actually no. now that I'm saying it out loud, it will be helpful because maybe you're unintentionally saying or thinking some of these things in regard to other people in your life or women that you see in your life or women that you see on social media, regardless, like regardless of how much money somebody has, regardless of their social status, they're still a human being. And I honestly feel, and maybe this is the naive Mel talking, But I honestly feel that the way you approach every person, regardless of who they are or how you're approaching them, where you're approaching them, whether that be directly or indirectly, 
how you're approaching these people and their situations is going to strengthen your compassion and empathy because it translates to every other aspect of life, including how you treat your neighbor and yourself. And we can't really, we can't sit here and criticize other people for what they look like or what they're doing or what their choices are without that being some form of reflection on ourselves. And I deeply, deeply, deeply feel that. I feel that people who project are dealing with something within themselves that they have not really addressed yet or are afraid to address or might not even realize is there because they haven't done that deep work yet. And I am not a licensed mental health professional, but this is where my brain is going with all of that. So take that with it, what you will. But today we're getting into, are you ever enough? I feel like I'm going to get a lot of hate for what I'm about to say, but I'm like trying to tread carefully, but I'm just going to fucking say it. I honestly feel that women get, that we have a lot more expectations placed upon us versus men and I'm not saying that men don't have expectations like you're expected to provide financially for your family have a good job be this strong guy and we're talking like generals here generalisms um this is not specific every it's very nuanced but this is in general what typically people think as far as gender norms go so for women it's more so you're expected to get pregnant you're expected to have babies you're expected to take care of your family so like manage the household cook for your family every night take the kids to to soccer practice clean your house because god forbid you have a messy house right you're supposed to look put together and on top of this because it's 2023 and the economy is in the shitter i mean has been for a while you also have to have a job, right? But don't have too big of a job where it takes you away from your family because you also cannot escape the responsibility of taking care of the household. And it's, it's, it feels suffocating sometimes. And I fell into this trap when I was younger. So I always thought that my dream was to be married, have a family, and have a good job. That was my dream. However, <laughs> after doing some like really deep diving and getting to understand how, what makes me tick, what makes Mel tick, what does Mel value, what does Mel want out of life, I realized that getting married and having kids, I really couldn't care less. Those were things that I felt like were expected of me. Did I want a life partner, a romantic partner to share my life with? Yes. Did I need to be married? Not really. And I didn't really understand that until I was later, like I was older, but I was operating out of this place of expectancy. Like what are people expecting of me? And if I don't fall on this arbitrary timeline that somebody who isn't me made up, then I'm a loser. What did I do with my life? So I kind of struggled with this entire idea because I didn't do life the way 
we're expected to do life, especially if you're a woman. So I, this, and this is going to sound like I'm inflating my own ego and I like to talk about myself and how great I am. And I don't mean it to come off like that, but I kind of want you to see, and maybe you see a reflection of yourself in different ways with this story. And let's think about how our we've basically gotten mind fucked into thinking we're not enough despite all of our amazing accomplishments and accomplishments are super subjective so everybody has different things that they would label accomplishments so my accomplishments will not be yours yours will not be mine Susie's will not be mine and mine will not be Laura's you know what I mean so I want to throw that out there so a little Let's jump down memory lane for Mel, Mel memory lane. So I have always been a good student. I had, I was always in honors classes. I graduated high school with a 4.0. I went to undergrad at Penn State for marketing. I did very well um, grade wise there. I graduated with my BS in marketing. I worked in marketing. I got so many promotions. I worked at two different companies and both places I got multiple promotions that came with pay raises which was pretty sweet um realized marketing wasn't for me so I decided to go back and pursue a doctorate in physical therapy strike number one right there because it's like wait you're going back to school you're quitting your full-time job and you're going back to school to do something totally different. So you're going to like totally start from scratch at this age. What's wrong with you? Don't you want to settle down? I remember telling this. To- <laughs> oh my God. It was such a ridiculous conversation. I remember getting, I got accepted into Stony Brook in their PT program. And I was like celebrating with my best friend and her dad was at her house at the time. And he turned to me and he goes, wait, you're going back to school for three years, you're going to start an entirely new career. Why don't you just not go to school? And he was dead ass serious. He's like, why don't you just not go to school? I'll get you a nice job because he was a big wig at this company near us. I'll get you a nice job where you could find a nice man and then settle down. Maybe you could be like a receptionist or something because then when you find somebody nice, You'll date for a couple of years, you'll get married, and then you can have a family, and then you don't have to work anymore. Sir, where, what world are you living in where we don't need two incomes, first of all, regardless of whether you have a family or not? Number one. Number two, like, and I'm saying this in my head, I'm not saying it to him, even though the Mel now probably would be saying that to him, because I just don't have any tolerance anymore. But also, like, that's not what I wanted. Like, I wanted to be a physical therapist. I wanted to do something I was passionate about. And so that was strike number one. Mel's going back to school and changing her entire life. And it's the end of the world. She's 29. It's the end of the world. So I did pretty well in PT school. Not as well as undergrad. I graduated. I I got good grades. Like, I think my cumulative was like a 3.56 or something. And then I worked a couple jobs and they didn't work out very well. They all sucked. And then I opened opened my own practice and I'm very good at what I do. I 
have the confidence and finally the ovaries to say and put out into the world, I am fucking great at what I do. And it was just like everything fell on deaf ears. Nobody gave a fuck. Nobody gave a shit that my business, brand new business, survived a pandemic. Nobody gave a fuck that I even started a new business with zero capital. And it's been going strong for three years. Nobody gave a fuck. The day I got engaged, everybody and their mother comes out of the woodwork. Like this was the greatest accomplishment that I ever did in my entire life. Why wasn't what I did outside of getting engaged enough? And I let that reflect on me. I was like, what am I doing wrong? What am I doing wrong? Which sounds crazy. But it's so easy for us to be, to feel satisfied with what our accomplishments are, what we've done with our lives, and have a collective, well, why aren't you doing this? Why aren't you doing that? Why did you do it this way? That thwart our happiness and our feelings of accomplishment and our feelings of being proud of ourselves. Why is it narcissistic to feel proud of yourself? Why is that seen as a negative? I am so enamored by women who are like I'm the fucking shit and you're gonna know it the confidence that they have and how proud they are and how happy they are in being enough that lights me on fire why aren't we all encouraged to be like that so I'm stopping this right here. You (laughs) are going to have an assignment. You're going to write down 1 to 10 or more. No, that sounds very overwhelming. Let's do 1 to 3 or more. 1 to 3 or more accomplishments that you're super fucking proud of. And I want you to read that. And I want you to keep it somewhere. So when you're like, Why didn't I do this? Oh my God, I'm such a loser. Oh my God, I'm 55 and I've never gotten married and I'm such a loser. Oh my God, I'm 30 and I can't even afford to buy avocado toast because the economy's the worst and my job pays like shit. I want you to take out that list. I know that list is not going to solve all your problems, but it's going to show you what a resilient fucking badass you are. And we're not reminded of that enough. Because we're always taught that you're never enough. I am going to put a trigger warning on this next segment. I'm going to be talking about um, pregnancy and getting pregnant and expectations around that. So if that's something that is not the most comfortable subject for you, I want you to fast forward past this section. So the other thing I wanted to talk about is this ridiculous notion that we push on people. And I don't think there's any malintent. I know there's no malintent actually when we're saying and we're posing questions like this on people, but just think twice next time before you do it. And if this is you, I just want to say, I feel you, girl. Like, I feel you. 
So I'm talking about this expectation that society has that women are supposed to get pregnant and we're supposed to want to have babies and we're supposed to want to be these magnificent mothers. And I will tell you flat out, that's not for me. I thought I wanted that. I thought I wanted to have kids. And then when I did some deep diving, I'm like, no, like I felt like that was expected of me. So that's why I said I wanted it. But I don't want fucking kids. Like I don't want kids. I like my freedom. I like to travel. I like to run my own business. And then when I'm done with work, I get to relax and quiet. I don't want kids. Like that's not important for me. But and I'm looked at as a weirdo. Or there's something wrong with me. And it's getting better. Like there are more people speaking out about this now. But it's still, I feel like it's still not socially acceptable to be downright like, I don't want to have kids at all. And we go to I'm every wedding I've been to, I'm running through all of them. Everyone, the bride was asked, so when are you going to start trying? And I'm just sitting there like, dude, no. The first, first and foremost, let the woman enjoy her day. She just got married. Why are we always like, and I feel like this plays into the not feeling like enough because it's always like, all right, you did the thing. Now, what are we going to do? Oh, you did this. Now, what are you going to do? What are you going to do with that? Huh? What are you going to do? What is it? God forbid, like you rest on it. You enjoy the moment. You admire your own accomplishment. No, what are we going to do now? And it's so fucking exhausting. Like me just saying that (laughs) exhausted me. But it's, we never enjoy the present. We never learn from the present. We never take in the present and then use that to formulate what we want for the future. It's always looking to that next step. So it feels very urgy. Like if there's so much urgency around that, right? And it's never just enough to enjoy and live in the moment and be happy in that moment. You always have to be striving for more, striving for that future arbitrary timeline that you didn't write. And that's number one that makes me rage. Like, let the woman enjoy her day. The second thing, and this enrages me as a healthcare professional, I have worked with so many different kinds of people coming from so many different backgrounds and lifestyles and health problems that I know you can never look at someone and know whether they're healthy or not. You don't know what's happening with that person. So this could be mentally, this could be emotionally, this could be physically. We don't know any of that. Somebody can look, quote, fine on the outside And they're just crumbling on the inside. We don't know that. So when we're asking people, and this isn't just at weddings, this is just in general. When you're asking people, when are you going to have a baby? Not only might that person and their partner not want a baby, but they might not be able to have a baby. They might want one and they might really want to be parents, but something health-wise could be going on where that's not able to happen. And because women are expected to get pregnant and have kids, when like that's kind of, it kind of, I don't want to speak for anyone, but I feel like it kind of 
labels your role so like my role because I have a uterus and a vagina my role is to be a mom I'm supposed to get pregnant and have a baby even if I don't want to have kids if something health-wise happened to me where I wasn't able to so that conversation is not even I'm not even involved in that conversation anymore because that is not my reality that's crushing and if that happened, and even myself, I don't want to have kids. My Mike and I do not want to have kids. We've had this conversation many times. If somebody came up to me and asked, when are you guys going to have kids? And I learned that there's something health-wise going on with me where I can't have kids, that's crushing. That question is so crushing. And it's such an invasive question. So... I don't even, I really don't know where I was going with that, but I guess the fact of the matter is stop asking people. If, they're, if they want you to know, they're going to tell you. You don't need to be invasive about it. I do remember my point, actually. So my other point was, we're going back to Rihanna. So I will admit, the Super Bowl, I love Rihanna, but the Super Bowl performance was not the most exciting, right? Like, she wasn't jumping around on stage. She wasn't doing cartwheels. She wasn't doing a thousand outfit changes. But the woman's pregnant. And people were so annoyed that she wasn't doing the most when she was pregnant. Oh, look at blah, 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 what she did when she was pregnant. Ah. But let's think about this. So, A, not everybody is the same person. Not everybody is the same body. Not everybody heals from pregnancy. Because remember, Rihanna just had a baby in May. Not everybody heals from pregnancy in the same way. Even if you have the top practitioners in your corner. If she had the number one pelvic floor rehab specialist in her corner. The number one OBGYN. The number one dietitian, And the number one chef. It doesn't mean that her healing is going to be on point postpartum. Because your body is the main determinant of how you heal, how your body responds, how your body builds its resilience and its strength and its mobility. That is what dictates what your recovery looks like postpartum. We don't know what's happening in her body. We also don't know how she's feeling with her current pregnancy. Maybe she was sick as a dog all day that day. Maybe she's leaking and if she's moving around too much, she doesn't want to pee in her pants. Maybe she's having some pubic symphysis pain. So if she spreads her legs too far for too long, doing a dance or whatever, can you tell I'm a choreographer? I am so not because <laughs> it just sounded vulgar instead of like in my head, there was a dance move to go with that, but speaking it up realizing the vulgarity of it but anyway but yeah maybe she has pubic symphysis pain and she can't dance with her legs open for very long or assume like horse stance like positions very long because her pubic symphysis is on fire I don't know but you don't know either and social media doesn't know so we have to stop we have to stop putting pregnant and postpartum and women in general into this monolith or just like relating to them as a monolith. We're all different. 
we all respond to different things in different ways. We all respond to the same things in different ways. And I say this all the time as a physical therapist, when say I get a script from an OBGYN or an MD and there's a diagnosis code on it, your diagnosis code tells me nothing about what's happening with you. Because I could get Mary has mixed incontinence, but Susie has mixed incontinence. How are they presenting individually? How are their lifestyles presenting individually? How are their life factors presenting individually? How is their body's ability to recover from pregnancy or giving birth or whatever? How are those playing into it? What does their story about their body, what do those tell? Because those will be different. What the beliefs about their own bodies, those will be different. And those play into recovery and physical performance and all of that. You see what I'm saying? There's a plethora of issues that come and present differently for different people, even with the same diagnosis or the same lived experience. So people who are pregnant, people who give birth, people who have a vagina, people who have a uterus, we're not a monolith, even within those categories. So just because this happened for someone doesn't mean that's going to happen for you. Just because this helped you doesn't mean it's going to help this person. And especially if you're, if you've ever been pregnant and or postpartum, your physical connection to your body, to your abs, your pelvic floor, your lower back, all of that, that connection gets, I want to say fuzzy. I'm going to say fuzzy because I don't want it to sound scary. That connection changes and it's not the strongest because those structures are being used in different ways to house and then eventually... Um, recover from carrying and giving birth to your baby. So, and again, in my experience, I see this all the time. So how you reconnect with that part of your body is going to be very, very key. Like what was the connection with those parts of your body like before you got pregnant? That's going to differ from person to person. And that's going to play into your recovery postpartum or post-pregnancy. Or even recovery from just never being pregnant, and you're still leaking. It happens. Just because we have a vagina doesn't mean we're a monolith. Everybody is different. Everybody responds differently. And I hate all these anecdotal remedies. So this first, the first thing, (laughs) this has nothing to do with Rihanna, but it kind of has to do with what um, we're talking about. And it's also a word of caution. The new big thing, and I don't know why, but um, these conventional streaming workouts or workouts that you buy where it's literally like it's a pre-recorded workout. You just buy it. You pop it in. You pop it on your computer. You pop it on your phone and you do it, right? It's not made for you. It doesn't take your body into account. It doesn't teach you anything. Just follow the instructor and do the moves. The new thing, this has been a, a thing for the past few years where it's like, This instructor is the expert in diastasis recti exercises. She knows all the exercises. She knows all the ways to heal your core and to mend the gap. And let's throw in all the marketing buzzwords that mean nothing into this sentence. 
and she's a coach. She's a fitness coach. So she put together this amazing workout and it's going to heal your diastasis. And the, <laughs> the only evidence that this quote works is because these were exercises that this person did who threw together this program. These were the exercises that she did when she had diastasis recti. It's anecdotal. It doesn't mean shit. Because not everybody heals the same way. Not everybody responds the same way. And not everybody is on the same timeline. So if you're like, oh my God, I'm postpartum. I've been postpartum for two years. Why the fuck am I still leaking? And my friend had the same degree tear and she stopped leaking after two months. What's wrong with me? Why, why am I like, what am I doing wrong? You're enough. You're enough. You just might not have been given the resources that you individually need. So I think we also have to take the time to consider when we are searching for resources, right? Are we a resource collector and then we don't really know what to do with those resources and we don't really fulfill or go through those resources adequately and use them to our advantage or use them at all? Or do we actually devour those resources and get as much as we can out of them before resorting to the next one? And I see this a lot with my clients too. So a lot of people come to me out of desperation. You're my last hope. I don't know what else to do. If this doesn't work with you, I am just going to wear a diaper for the rest of my life. I, I can't even count how many times I've heard this. So when we go down the list of what they've tried, it's like diet plans, workouts, Pinterest things, Instagram things. They've collected all these things. And I'll be like, and I'm not saying that like, oh, well, if you just did the things that you collected over time, you would be leak free. I'm not saying that. But when we're, when I ask these people like, oh, okay, so you bought this postpartum program. Like what, how long was it? Oh, it was 12 weeks long. Okay. Well, how long did you do it for? Well, I did the first two weeks and then I stopped. (laughs) You know what I mean? So like, are we collecting resources because we're trying to be enough because we feel like we're not enough if we don't have that horde of resources Or do we actually need those resources? I hope that makes sense. I will flat out admit I'm a resource collector. One of my goals of 2023 was to stop collecting resources and just do things as they came in. So like I am getting my certification in sexual health counseling. I have that. Like that's a big thing on my plate right now. So I'm taking that and I'm running a business. It's a lot. And I'm te- I was tempted to do like, I saw an email from somebody I love and she's running uh, an Instagram intensive for business owners. And I'm like, I really want to do that. I've been wanting to do that for three years. And I'm like, Mel, let's be real. Why do you think that you need this right now? Do you actually need it or do you feel like you're lacking? Do you feel like you're not enough? Do you feel like you need to be more? And for what reason? So it turned out that while, yes, in the future, I might enroll myself in this Instagram intensive, I had to look back 
because I wrote those things that I told you to write down in the beginning of the episode, I had to go back and look at what my goal was to actually work on for the first quarter, and that was to just get through my sexual health certification. That's my goal outside of running my business. That is my goal. So I'm like, okay, this is going to detract from my goal. This Instagram intensive is going to make me feel more crazy. And then when I can't keep up with that and the sexual health cert and my business, something's going to fall by the wayside because that's what happens when overwhelm creeps in. And then I'm going to feel even more like I'm not enough. So it's very analytical. It's very intentional. It's very cerebral. I feel like because we're bombarded with things for so like we're bombarded with things so often but also we've been bombarded with them for so long that we don't recognize that we have to sort through that clutter sometimes that we have to really be like okay do I need this what am I working on what will actually contribute to my life instead of just checking off boxes that ultimately do not serve me So if I checked off that Instagram intensive box that's been on my wish list for three years, if I checked that off right now, it wouldn't serve me. It would detract from the things that I'm trying to accomplish, okay? So it would actually backfire. And you don't have to be a superwoman. You're not a super person. I know that burnout and exhaustion is glorified, but that's honestly a miserable and not a sustainable way to live. And being a super person and trying to do all the things while getting four hours of sleep is just not realistic, especially long term. So if you... so. there's like a lot of hustle culture enablers out there who are like, all you need is five hours of sleep and then you wake up and grind. Okay, but then if I build my life that way, how long am I living like that? Like if my life is built around five hours of sleep and constantly grinding, I'll tell you one thing. I'm going to be miserable as fuck. And then I don't want to wait till retirement to live my life. I don't want to wait till retirement to be happy and do exciting things and be like, oh, well, when I retire, I'll do this. Because this goes back to that whole, like, why are we not enjoying the present? And we're always looking out to the future conversation that we had earlier in this episode. I want to enjoy my fucking life now. And one thing, I don't know if this will help, but when I started my practice, everybody minus my mentor, the one of the only, the two out of the five mentors that I've had who actually was helpful and really helped build my business. Everyone besides her was who were business coaches were saying things like, oh, the hustle, oh, the grind. Oh, you just grind for 10 years and then you're fine and blah, blah, blah. I didn't want to do that. Like I didn't want to build something that I resented because it took energy and time away from myself and my little family over here, my family of me, my fiance, and my cats. I didn't want that because then my whole thing was, okay, so if I hustle and grind for five years, does my business operate off of that hustle and grind? 
what happens when I stop hustling, grinding, hustling and grinding? Like, I don't want to build it that way. So it's, it's taking longer to build my business, but it's actually more sustainable and it helps me see more clearly the systems that need work, the operations that need work, how my scheduling might need work. Like it's a slow burn, but I'm also not burnt out, right? Because I'm not superwoman. You're not a super person. You don't need to do all the things in order to be enough. And we don't have to be constantly burning, what is the saying? Burning the wick at both ends. Because eventually, that cord in the middle is going to snap. And snapping is not fun. I've been there. It sucks. So the hustle and grinding and all of that and striving to be more, 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 do more, blah, blah. God forbid you're happy with yourself. That's just, again, I'm trying to choose my words correctly, but I'm, I'm just going to fucking say it. It's capitalism. That's what it is. It's constantly needing more and not being satisfied with what you have. And I really, this is going to sound naive, but I really think that a lot of us have to think about what do we have? Like practice gratitude, right? Like what do you have? What are you grateful for? Maybe there are some things that could be improved. What will that improvement add to your life? So for me, will having more money add to my life? Fuck yeah, it would. It's just me and my fiance. We don't get help from anybody. It's just us. And we would like to buy a house. So yes, having money would improve our lives drastically. However, we have a roof over our heads in a very nice apartment. We have our nice little family. And we can, we're privileged because we can buy necessities without living paycheck to paycheck. And sometimes when I'm like, oh my God, money, money, money. Ah, I only made this this week. It takes me away from having that gratitude where like, yes, having more money would be awesome, but also it's not my goal to make a million dollars a year. If that just fell into my lap and that's what happened, cool. But I'm, I'm totally happy and people say, oh, you're playing too small. I'm totally happy with making enough money to pay our bills and then have money to put in my retirement account, my travel account, my savings account, and then that's it. <laughs> like, I don't need millions of dollars. I don't need a big grandiose house. I don't need a brand new car. My car is 15 years old. <laughs> Every time I go to the mechanic, I'm like, can you please save Cecilia for another one to two years because I am not ready to buy a new car. Because for me also, and this might be true for you and another thing to think about, sometimes it's not just a money issue, it's an energy and a capacity issue. So for us, Mike and I have been engaged for, it's going to be three years coming in October. And when I tell people this, they look at me like I have five heads and I could see the wheels turning in their brains where they're like thinking, What's wrong with you? What's wrong with him? Oh, you must not be sure if you're not married yet. 
but the thing and this is goes with the whole like you're not enough it's not enough that you have that you're in a loving relationship you're in a happy relationship that you enjoy each other's company that's not enough why are you not married why have you not taken the next step and to be honest a there is a financial reason like I don't want to spend money on a day I don't I don't care and people like oh well you could have a small wedding don't really want to spend the money I don't but even more so even if I just had like a pile of wedding cash that fell down from the sky in the corner of the room I don't have the energy or the capacity to sit there and pick out vendors and venues and make up an invitation list. I just don't have that capacity right now. It's just not not my cup of tea right now. It's not. So going back to the like the car thing. Is it do you have the capacity and the energy to buy a new car? Even if you have the money. So this is where values play into things. This is where um, energy plays into it. Taking into account, it's not, we're not only thinking financially about being enough, we're thinking energetically, we're thinking emotionally, we're thinking mentally. There, that's like an entire thing outside of finances. Finances do play into it. But being enough is like this entire, like it really engulfs your entire being now that I'm talking out loud. So I just want everybody to feel like they're enough. That's what I want. That's what I want from this podcast episode. And then lastly, the other thing I wanted to touch on really quick. So before it came out that Rihanna is in fact pregnant, people were like, oh, she's got a belly, a little pooch still. Didn't she just give birth in May? Why couldn't she get her body back yet? Blah. Stop commenting on people's bodies. Stop accepting comments about your body when you don't invite them. Your body is the least important thing about you. It's the least interesting thing about you. And whoever comments on it is gross. And again, I know sometimes it comes it's coming from a good place. Like they're like, oh, you look so great. You lost so much weight, blah. But again, health considerations. We don't know what's happening, how that person lost weight, what was going on um, in their life. We don't know everything about everybody. And yes, I know Rihanna's a celebrity. Yes, she probably is the best trainer, the best nutritionist, the best chef, whatever. Why didn't she lose the baby weight? But again, everybody, everybody's body is different. Maybe she didn't give a fuck about working out postpartum and she wanted to spend time with her kid. Maybe she wanted to enjoy being a mom. Maybe again, she was having issues postpartum and she was reconnecting with her body in different ways and losing weight and getting, quote, toned was not something that was important to her. So can we just stop commenting on each other's bodies and expecting comments on our own bodies from now on? Can we take that into 2023? Because that shit drives me insane. I have broken off friendships that were centered around that. I'm being totally honest. It makes me so uncomfortable when somebody like comments on my body, even if it's a... a positive comment and they're trying to compliment me it makes me so uncomfortable because then I'm like is this person just like looking at my body the entire time I'm sitting in front of them this is weird because your body is enough is your body taking you through day to day is your body moving you from your chair to outside 
Is your body allowing you to reach up to grab plates to serve dinner for your family? Is your body able to take you on a nice hike? Is your body able to do the things that you're expecting it to do? Awesome. That's what we care about. We don't give a shit about what it looks like. You are enough. You're enough. So that's what I have for you today. I know that was a hodgepodge of just like word vomit. (laughs) But I learned a lot from what I saw on social media that day. I was like, oh my God. And the hits just keep on coming. It was literally two days. So much so that I wrote an entire post about feminism I also have a a podcast episode. It was an earlier one. I think it was episode 28. So if you want to hear a rant about feminism, Cliff's Notes version, it's feminists are not man haters. We don't hate men. And actually saying I'm not a feminist because I don't hate men further exemplifies that if you do identify as a feminist, that you're just an angry woman doing angry woman things and nobody could take you seriously because all you are is angry. And that's actually setting us back. And we don't need to be set back any further than we already are. Because it just seems like we're going further back in time. And it's very scary. But that's my commentary for today. And that was the episode for today. So I hope you found some solidarity, some comfort, some learning opportunities in this episode. It's something that I admittedly struggle with I very often struggle with not feeling like enough and I have to I literally like have to keep a list of things that I have accomplished to look back on so that I can like when I am having one of those moments I'm just like bitch look at all the things you did look at all the people you helped look at all these comments from your former clients how amazing is that because sometimes we need to be reminded and there's nothing wrong with that. And there's nothing wrong with you walking around and flaunting your shit and being like, I am badass bitch and I am going to rock the world and I am enough. That's what I want from you. Thank you so much for hanging out with me in this corner of the podcast land and joining me on this episode of Finally Fearless. And I will see you on the next episode. Like we do it, like we do it.